December 24th, 1968. The crew of Apollo 8 does a live broadcast from lunar orbit. Christian mothers are traumatized when the moon's boob falls out. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And we have a very special episode for you this Christmas Eve day, if that, that's when you're listening to this. Or if that's what you celebrate. Yeah. Might just be another bullshit day for you. It's also first day of Hanukkah. Um, no? No. That's... So... If you're into that, yeah, light one of them candles, baby. <laughs> light them up, burn them down. Hanukkah. Yeah. Yeah. Light them if you got them. 506. <laughs> I don't know what Jewish year it is. Smoke them if you got them. Hanukkah 2016. <laughs> uh, we have a fantastic show for you, and we have a hilarious, hilarious comedian. Uh, one of my favorite up-and-comers to watch in Denver. Please welcome Matt Kobos to the show. Oh, man, that was pretty sweet. I don't know why I pointed at you. <laughs> just a, like, You're like, yeah, go, save your dude. name. You don't need more of a cue than that. <laughs> just like, uh, you don't know how dumb I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're just drinking out of like a hamster bottle yeah. that you are forced to take liquid from. Yeah. My girlfriend has to constantly tell me to eat. <laughs> <laughs> just like you get an alarm on your phone. Oh, I have to poop. Yeah. <laughs> I have to Wikipedia what poop. Yeah. <laughs> it never works that well. It's a messy keyboard. The Wikipedia article is strangely long, and by the time you're done, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I lost it. <laughs> it's a weird inception poop reading material. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be great if that was what inception was. <laughs> Dude, gets, they, yeah, we gotta get this guy to shit. <laughs> we have to go into his dreams. But we have to make him think it was his idea. <laughs> I just came up with this. Yeah. Poopception. <laughs> They're just pooping upside down in a hallway. <laughs> um, that hallway shifts, so that's like not a good place. <laughs> Let's see how deep the butthole goes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're doing this. Yeah. Well, derailed almost immediately. I guess we should say, uh, for those of you who may have not listened before, uh, on this here show, we look at a person or an event from history. Uh, one person on the podcast gives an account of the real history of that person or event. And another person comes up with a crazy bananas batshit alternate version. And at the end, we vote on which becomes the canonical history of the world going forward. And last week, uh, I guess two weeks ago, well, last fortnight, <laughs> we discussed Ivan the Terrible and... The uh, Mr. Tice's alternate history won, which means Ivan the Terrible was uh, a media magnate who later became a hellworm that possesses host bodies <laughs> yeah. and is currently possessing Mr. Rupert Murdoch's body. <laughs> Makes sense. And pretty soon yeah. we'll jump to a, next, a new host. Who knows who? Knows who? Be. Yeah. Uh, and also something called uh, throat goading, goat throating. Oh, yes. There was a Russian sport called throat goading, which was... Sort of, kind of the impetus for Quidditch. <laughs> but with way more goat murder. More goat murder. <laughs> like almost 20% more goat murder than a typical Quidditch. Just exactly. a reasonable amount. Yeah. A reasonable amount. Just enough to get you 
Get you in the seats. Yeah. <laughs> the, the real game is the hunt for the golden snitch. Yeah, you thought it was all the murder <laughs> and blood. Yeah, that's what the like the real aficionados like look down on the fairweather like the fairweather fans are like. Oh, they're just watching the goat murder. You should be watching the seeker. Yeah, yeah. the groundlings yeah. are going after the goat murder. <laughs> well, this episode uh, we are continuing our discussion of Russian history uh, by talking about the Stroganov. Uh, family, and yeah. I'll be doing the true history. Yeah. Matt, you're going to be doing the alternate. Yes. We here at the yes. Revisionists assumed that you didn't get enough Russian influence in your media <laughs> and news <laughs> at this juncture in time, so we thought we'd add uh, a little bit more. Like Honestly, I was always planning on doing Russian history at this point um, yeah. before the election, and now it's just like, yeah. well... Russian history is the American future. So you were yeah. only planning that because the KGB incepted you into believing. <laughs> oh, Russian history, Chechens. Anyway, got to get all this Russian history out before Russian history changes all of a sudden. Exactly. <laughs> wow, now they were they were really nice back then. Now, yeah, Russia has invented candy canes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Santa Claus is right in Soviet Russia. Santa Claus is. Wait, that that didn't. I, I should I should have considered that construction before I went into it. I never knew Stalin was a poor servant girl with little mice friends. <laughs> I love cheese. And of course, they sent Trotsky to a nice farm family upstate, yes. an animal farm, if you will. <laughs> Got him. Oh, Singer of the week. Yes. Yep, we're done here. Air horn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. I don't even know what the fucking topic is, to be honest with you. The Stroganoff family. <laughs> the Stroganoff family. Oh. I didn't do any of the research parts this week, folks. <laughs> good. That, that makes you a good judge, though, you know? Exactly. It makes you, it makes you clean and neutral and impartial, much like Vladimir Putin. <laughs> exactly. So. Makes you pure? Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> Look, listen, improv is hard. Yeah, it is. Get off my back, oh, shit. Uh, and yes, the Stroganovs were sort of the power behind the throne through a lot of Russian history, uh, especially during the czarist and imperialist period. Um, most and most Americans, just to get this out of the way, know the Stroganov name from the dish of mm-hmm. mushrooms and onions and beef, beef usually yeah. served over pasta and available at Noodles and Company. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this this podcast sponsored by <laughs> Noodles and Company. <laughs> yeah, use your... chopsticks for your beef plate. <laughs> Pasta cuisine from around the globe. <laughs> Ask yourself: Can your food be even more gray? <laughs> Noodles and Company <laughs> from Boulder, Colorado. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Well, so white. <laughs> That's a... no. It's it's a multi-ethnic rainbow of things that could be poured over macaroni. Yeah. Basically, yeah. the company yeah. is very monochromatic. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, the the Stroganovs uh, were originally almost uh, almost peasants in northern Russia around like Novgorod, uh, but they eventually amassed enough wealth uh, through. Uh, farming salt, basically, which is a very Russian thing to do, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't... Isn't salt, like, mined or some shit? Or, like, extracted or whatever. Extracted. Whatever. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> that's the fucking stroganovs. <laughs> they just punched it out of rocks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just pour salt in the soil and covered it with water and expected it to grow. <laughs> yes. um, and the family first appears in 
the histories around the late 1300s. But their first notable incident was in 1445. And when in telling this, I'm just going to tell a few of like, the incidents they were associated with, because giving a whole family history in the course of like 10 minutes, it's going to be impossible and kind of boring. So in 1445, the Muscovite Civil War had been going on for about 10 years, uh, which was a conflict between the crown prince of Moscow, Vasily II, uh, and his cousin, uh, also named Vasily for some fucking reason. <laughs> That's what the fight was about. Yeah, well, <laughs> actually, the fight started, the whole civil war started when Vasily II's mother, Sophia, totally just insulted his cousin at a party. <laughs> that started a 10-year what? civil war. <laughs> I like to imagine the insult was, you put the silly in Vasily, you silly son of a bitch. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't even make sense. We're going to war. Yeah. It's not even, that's not a well-constructed <laughs> joke to the horses. Yeah. The 10-year-old battle of 10-year-olds. <laughs> uh, eventually, Vasily II's cousin, Vasily, uh, took the throne Vasily II retook it and blinded the other Vasily. I think you have to say, like, Vasily II and Vasily, like, OG, <laughs> original ta- original flavor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Extra crispy. <laughs> yeah. So, eventually, uh, Prince Vasily II, would he be the OG since he No, he's the- two. He's two. Okay. He's Crystal Vasily. <laughs> Ooh, Crystal Vasily. Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Vasily II, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Um, of course, the new batch. Um... <laughs> Eventually, uh, through the portal of time, uh, Vasily II was captured by Tatars and blinded again, uh, which earned him the nickname Vasily the Dark, uh, which was (laughs) points. That's kind of clever. Nice. Um, And the Stroganov family came out of nowhere because the Tatars were demanding like an insano ransom to get the the prince back. Uh, And the Stroganovs paid it basically all by themselves. And they got Vasily II back, who was the great-grandfather of Ivan the Terrible. Of course, famous symbiote host who is now also Rupert Murdoch, kind of. I don't know if they share memories. I assume the symbiote host, it's like a pod people situation, and that whatever oh. Rupert Murdoch was before he was Rupert Murdoch is gone. I oh, assumed yeah. it was like okay. a Venom or Carnage type situation. Oh, yeah. I was definitely picturing like whatever Rupert Murdoch was before is no longer has been vanquished from. A journalist? It's like uh, a yurch in Animorphs. What? <laughs> I think that's what you they were said, called. You said that like it would clarify things. <laughs> and it does People. not, sir. Were you not children of the 90s? <laughs> Only 90s kids will get this podcast, my friend. I really feel like Matt the Dark now. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we, we also blinded you before the podcast for authenticity. Yeah. yeah, we don't like people to know where we record, so we blind each of our guests. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Getting out of here is going to be a real bitch. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by the Medellin Drug Cartel. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, not actually. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for clarifying. <laughs> so a few... A, couple generations later, when Ivan the Terrible was Tsar and he eliminated the other nobility, the Stroganovs were untouched and they got a lot of the land that the decimated nobility left behind. Also, I was hoping Willow wouldn't make a noise when she snuck in here, but you might be able to hear the cat on the podcast right now. When uh, Ivan was starting the Opryknina, which was the, the land directly controlled by the Tsar, the Stroganovs were forward thinking enough to volunteer all their land for it. And so even though that fell apart, they were in the Tsar's favor. Plus, they were building up on all that salt money. So at this point, they're basically the most powerful family in Russia. And Ivan the Terrible gives them permission 
to conquer all of Siberia. Because that's how expansion worked at the time. So they enlisted a group of Cossacks led by a man named Yermak Timofeyevich, who I googled a picture of him, and he looks kind of like a pug dressed in human armor. It's really adorable, kind of. Um, But he's basically like the Christopher Columbus of Siberia. But cute. Yeah, a little bit cuter. Kind of like... (laughs) Kind of like he has a derpier face than Christopher Columbus. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I got it. I, I would dig up this picture. Lots of gifts of him eating little baby carrots or some yes. such. Just like, <laughs> I would love that. I kind of, I want to make just a gif of him like running across a meadow. Yeah. Or like rolling around in the grass in the hot sun. Yes. Oh, my God. Breathing like James Gandolfini. <laughs> So classic pug moves. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. classic. Any hoozle. They realized uh, that going north to conquer Siberia mm. would be uh, really hard. So they decided to go south and conquer the Khanate of Kazan. And at this point, Ivan the Terrible doesn't want the war to continue because of financial reasons. So he orders them to stop. And the Stroganov family is just like, we're going to ignore that. And so they just take over the funding for the expedition and push Yermak and the Cossacks through into Siberia, uh, just sending, like, the fucking expendables in there, basically. Because Yermak, before he became, like, a, a mercenary, was a river pirate. And he, when he conquered all this land that he wasn't supposed to conquer, he was so eager to clear his name that he sent a letter to Ivan the Terrible being like, look, I conquered all this land, yeah. not knowing that he had been ordered not to. Mm. Um, and so, like... Ivan is close to ordering the execution of Yermak and the Cossacks and all their allies when the Stroganov family steps in and is like, oh, no, this land is totally a gift for you, Ivan. (laughs) And he, like, turns around immediately. (laughs) And he gives the Stroganov family control over all the lands they conquered tax-free for 20 years. Uh, So they make a fortune. Buco Dolores, as they used to say in Russia. What? It sounded half Spanish. (laughs) That sounded a little French also. I mean, it's Russian, so I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) No, it's not, though. You can't just say it's Russian. (laughs) Also, Ivan the Terrible sends Yermak uh, a suit of armor as a reward, and... uh, he is wearing the suit of armor when he drowns in a river. When he's trying to retreat from a battle, oh. the armor basically drags him to the bottom Classic of the river. Classic beachwear mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> suit of armor. So Why don't hot. you go with a nice two-piece or something in a tuxedo? <laughs> TMZ's going to get that one. <laughs> <laughs> David Spade totally drowned in the Hudson River. Today on TMZ. <laughs> I don't know why David... Why is David Spade the first celebrity that comes to mind? It's actually the second time I've had a conversation about David Spade in 24 hours also. Well, <laughs> not even David Spade has had that many conversations about David Spade in the last 24 hours. Yeah, because he's been in a sensory deprivation tank. <laughs> Brian Flynn's made for Spade. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> Brian Flynn's, that's your spinoff podcast where you discuss the many works. It's kind of like Denzel David Washington. Space VH1 dating show. <laughs> yeah. It's like that Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time period podcast, but nope, you're talking about David. <laughs> Mr. <Yeah>. David B. Spade. <laughs> Not for so, hey, everybody, we're all going to get Spade. That's, yeah, yes. Which has a very different context when you're a cat. Yeah. <laughs> well, it has left the room. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, spay and neuter people. Oh, anyway, um, the Stroganovs used this wealth to basically finance all the Tsar's wars for centuries. Uh, they were almost like the sole financiers of wars with Sweden and Finland. Uh, and like the conflicts with Lithuania and Poland, uh, they became government officials. They built palaces. They became huge patrons of art, which is sort of what they're most known for now. Uh, there's an entire school of like Russian icon painting named after them. Uh, they built hospitals, churches, and schools. But they were also like entrenched nobility. Like one of the one of the members of the family, uh, Sergei Grigoryevich Stroganov. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> he was a government official. That is officially, I think, yeah, <laughs> going to be a, lo- a common refrain on this podcast for the next few weeks. Yeah. Mogrovich, <laughs> yeah. Mag- whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck it. it. <laughs> Maggie. It's Maggie. Yeah. Sean. His name's Sean Gregg. <laughs> um, he was a government official under the reign of uh, Tsar Alexander II. And... He strenuously opposed Alexander II's uh, drive to emancipate the serfs. And after Alexander II was assassinated, uh, he convinced uh, Alexander III to drop his father's plans for a new constitution and republic, basically, which is one of the things that sort of set the stage for the revolutions in 1905 and 1917. And like during this time, the family was shrinking in size, but not wealth, to the point where there was only one descendant left uh who was a woman and therefore couldn't inherit so she married um she married someone from the Shaherbatov family and they became the Shaherbatov Stroganov which is the most Russian name you could possibly have (laughs) Jesus during the revolution of 1917 they fled into exile with the nationalist uh white forces not the white nationalist forces (laughs) Uh, I mean, some of them actually were because some of them supported the Nazis in of World course, War II. Yeah. But uh, the the people who fought against the Bolsheviks. Uh, there's a branch of the family in New York, which is where the Stroganoff Foundation is run from. Um, so weird. Yeah. And that's basically it. They've been in New York since 1917. Um, okay. I don't know if they've returned to Russia since the fall of communism. But if you're listening, hi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and hey, that's, Slava. <laughs> that's uh that's one of the highlights of the story of the stroganoff family that yeah. i got through almost all of it without making a masturbation joke yeah. <laughs> it's like making... stroking off or yeah, yeah basically. It's, right, it's right there dude it's just yeah. dangling <laughs> <laughs> that's yes. yep that's usually how it begins yeah <laughs> <gasps> oh shit yeah see uh, see like i read the i read the wikipedia page mm-hmm. that in-depth page mm-hmm. and it said that the last member died in 1923 in the family well i i went to their like official foundation website okay. uh which i don't mean to make it sound more legitimate no i'm sure like, that it is their official foundation <laughs> yeah. that looks like it was built on geo cities kind of yeah. <laughs> mm. um, okay it looks like a Zanga page almost. Yeah. <laughs> the URL is www.spacejam.com, I think. <laughs> Slash stroganoff. Kazammovie.net. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how that Space Jam website has like trailer, cast, stroganoff family. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a picture of them standing with like Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yeah. Not smiling. It's <laughs> like posing. I'm glad I did a pose on an audio podcast. It looked really cool for everybody out there. Unfortunately, we didn't have time to go into how the Stroganoff family defeated the Monstars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Well, so, Matt, if you're ready. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I kind of just went through and did like a, a timeline that matched the Wikipedia page. And so we'll see how that goes. It's uh, So in the late uh, 15th century, Fyodor Stroganov, uh, he relocated from Russia's subarctic north because uh, he was sick of child support payments. <laughs> and he had a shitload of kids, man. That guy was always fucking... <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's the only reason to leave the subarctic north of Russia. Yeah, he was comfy. <laughs> so he's a little husky. Yeah. He could deal with it. So he, so he took whichever kid was closest when his wife had his back turned, and he just ran. <laughs> and his son, so he took his son Anaki Stroganov, which is named after the the ancient fable Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that name too. Uh, I yeah. jumped out at me. I had to, dude. And uh, they started they started a new business, uh, and that business was they made those Russian dolls that just get smaller and smaller mm-hmm. inside of Russian each other. Russian nesting dolls. Yeah, sure. Russian nesting dolls. Matryoshkas. <laughs> that was their cash cow. And <laughs> and inside the last one was a little bit of salt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it had just been discovered at the time. It was just from the sweat of making. It was the salt from the sweat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so in... Um, in 1558, Ivan the Terrible was so impressed with the wooden baby machines, as he called them, hmm. uh, that uh, he gave Anarchy and his successors large estates to fill with the wooden families. <laughs> Please tell me he gave them one large estate and then a smaller estate and then a slightly smaller estate. <laughs> He's like, put these inside of each other. It's like a weird Marwin yeah. call situation. <laughs> He was just enamored. He couldn't figure out that the dolls weren't real. It's like Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. Uh, so. Ryan with the deep cuts from like the prestige films from the late 2000s. It's like Porky's. Yeah. It breaks the mold a little yeah, bit, sorry. but okay. Never seen Porky's. Uh, so, uh, so then in... Um, in 1566, Ivan helped them seize land from the locals by conquest, uh, which they would build towns with farming, hunting, salt works, mining, fortresses, etc., for the Russian nesting dolls to live in and have their own little towns. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> sure. And naturally, the townspeople were pissed, and they kept trying to uprise, <laughs> and lots of blood was shed, but the Stroganovs kept paying for military people just to kill those people off. <laughs> So that their Russian nesting dolls could have their town. <laughs> um, from there, they uh, they would expand their businesses into other things, such as track suits, <laughs> <laughs> oversized Russian hats, <laughs> which were actually a mistake. They just they accidentally made them too big, and then everybody thought it was cool. <laughs> and uh, and bear fighting lessons. <laughs> It's like you went on a Russian Tumblr page and just like <laughs> made by someone in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just got into the killer Russian stereotype business and we're just making a killing. Dude. <laughs> what a business. <laughs> so much money to be made in that. Uh, so then when they were making their uh, making their killing, they had more money than they knew what to do with. So they started financing all of Russia's wars in the 1600s <laughs> so that they could use the dead bodies to try to make Russian nesting humans. Oh, oh nice. God. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like an internal human centipede. Yeah. That uh, also sounds very Russian to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's not the first time. <laughs> I feel like the signs they were producing that said, do not smile, we're not doing the trick, so they had to make life a little worse for everybody. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, so, um, it, so it didn't work, and in an ironic twist of events, they themselves looked like the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> For, just for putting corpses inside other larger corpses. The yeah, irony. Yeah. The pure irony. Yeah. They what are next? not the monsters. Is Ed Gein a monster? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, uh, then in the 1700s, the family, they were like, okay, we got a little off track there. <laughs> Let's get back to the stereotype business. <laughs> we're just not people people. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just pictured you like hitting on that line and sitting in your apartment at, oh, at like 1130 at night. Just so high, <laughs> laughing way too hard. <laughs> and then you're trying to write it, but you realize you're writing with a hot pocket instead yes. of a pen. <laughs> I could read the grease stains. <laughs> I've read your memoirs is what I'm saying. Yes. That's also how my tombstone is going to be written uh, in hot pockets. Of course, pepperoni <laughs> and cheese. Yeah. People get too close and they get pimples. Because uh. <laughs> that's what happens. People just get too close. Osmosis. It gives you food. Yes. You walk into the hot pocket aisle in a grocery store, clear skin. <laughs> that's why it exits directly into the clearasil aisle. Yes, yes. Good on them. Good on them. So uh, so then in the 17 and 1800s, the family really got down to business with their Russian stereotypes, and they started making vodka and spy glasses <laughs> and pet bears, underground fighting, guns, <laughs> you know, just cool Russian shit. <laughs> Military coups. Yeah, mm. yeah. And by the late 1800s... Expendable populace. <laughs> yeah. For kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a board game, of course. <laughs> Expendable Populace, the popular... Ru- it's the Russian counterpart to Monopoly. <laughs> it's the Russian counterpart to life, <laughs> where by the end, if your car is full of people, you lose. <laughs> you don't have any more money. You could have used those people as a meat shield against the Germans. Yeah. Yeah. Made Russian nesting humans. <laughs> and of course, their game, Bread. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Where there's no dice. So uh, the object of the game is just to get some bread. Yeah. <laughs> All the pieces just wait in line across the board. Yeah. Your family will die if you do not get the bread. Now get the bread. <laughs> Those are rules, go. Yeah. <laughs> but you're playing with they're playing with real bread and they're actually starving, but they're not allowed to eat the pieces. I accuse <laughs> Professor Plum. I need to have no evidence for this. We do not need to check the cards. Yes. <laughs> to the gulag. <laughs> so, so by the late 1800s, the Stroganovs had single-handedly turned Russia into a super cool fuck fest. Because <laughs> everyone just had so much cool shit, dude. They just wanted to fuck like all the time. Yeah. That's capitalism. <laughs> yep. You get vodka and Russian nesting dolls in the same room, and it is an orgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do this, dude. <laughs> Take off your jacket and let's do this. <laughs> Take off that furry hat. No, wait, and that put the track, furry suit. hat back on. Yes, yes. 
<laughs> so to show their thanks for all the cool shit over the past 300 years, the Russian government nationalized the Stroganov family property, including all their nesting doll cities. <laughs> <laughs> they also gave each member of the family the highest possible award, which were giant, the biggest Russian hats that have ever been made. Like, <laughs> obscenely huge. <laughs> And they wore them proudly and with sore necks. <laughs> and, then, and then the last Stroganoff family member died in the Stroganoff Palace in 1923 while cooking. <laughs> he tripped on a Russian nesting doll, hit his head on a spice rack, not knocking a much larger nesting doll onto his head, causing him to have a stroke on the stove. His fall caused a container of sour cream to spill onto the beef he was cooking. The dish mm. would later be named Beef Stroganoff. <laughs> of course, all, all dishes are named after the person who died cooking them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, every, every meal you love came from a violent death. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Jonathan Pizza, who <laughs> fell into a, coal, into a wood fire oven. Yeah. yeah. Followed shortly by his assistant, Pepperoni. Yes, yes. And of course, Olive Oil, who Popeye failed to save. Yes. Matt, thank you. <laughs> no problem. Zach, I believe oh. you're judging this episode. Uh, I am. And I think the Stroganoff family history reel is one of those very long sort of strange histories that are hard, hard to follow and keep self-contained because there's so many ins and outs and there's just pockets of activity. And those are fine if you're a fucking boring academic <laughs> who has all the time to research all that bullshit, but I'm not. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the alternate in this particular, yeah. uh, this particular episode. I agree. Cool. Um, well, listeners, before we go, uh, we have officially launched our Patreon campaign, uh, which you can find at patreon.com slash the revisionist. And there you can get, the revisionist T-shirt designed by Jeff Tice nice. uh, that we talked about last episode, which is fucking awesome. And again, thank you to him for doing it. You can also get that if you just want to message me personally. Uh, but you can also get that in Denver at Crema Coffee House. Uh, so check that out. And there's also other reward tiers on the Patreon. Hopefully, if you are not good with money, you'll give some of that to us. <laughs> <laughs> You can always go to our website, revisionistpodcast.com, to leave us a comment, ask us a question, see news and updates. You can also find that on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. And as always, we ask, if you have time, please review the podcast on iTunes, because that's super helpful to us. It helps improves visibility greatly to have more positive, hopefully, reviews on iTunes. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't checked in a while, but they have been like overwhelmingly positive which is there's one or two bad ones in there yeah yeah still but like the vast majority sure um and thank you to everyone who has done that um even the one or two bad people not bad people bad reviews no they're definitely bad people yeah no they're probably <laughs> probably russians hacking Pro yeah exactly <laughs> definitely racist yeah it's cozy bear yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was their username on iTunes. Definitely, definitely. a racist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And definitely a racist 69 was the other one. <laughs> yeah. Which is way hotter. Yeah. <laughs> Hot racist. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, before we go, Matt, uh, you're going to be on the wonderful, wonderful Lucha Libre and Laughs coming up yeah. January 20th. Uh, if you want to describe that show real quick. 
Yeah, it's like a it's it's a wrestling and stand up comedy show. The wrestling with the announcers that are also stand up comics are fucking hilarious and great. And uh, I'm lucky to do a set there. It'll be at the Oriental Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're just all over town, and you're so funny yeah. and so worth seeing. If you can if you can find a show where Matt is where Matt is performing, please do that, listeners. Thanks. Um, Zach, Stage of Fools continues for at least another eight or nine weeks. Probably we're pretty early in the season. So what are the prospects for the Royals getting renewed for a fourth season? Oh, we do no research over the Royals. (laughs) I do not know what the ratings look like. I do not know where they are in that process. If anywhere, they made it three seasons somehow. So, uh, but that's a hilarious podcast with friend of the show, former guest Shannon camp. Correct. As for me, I will be performing at Jagged Mountain Brewery in Denver, Colorado, uh, December 28th. So a few days after this is released, that show is at 7.30. Uh, I'll be featuring for uh, Andy Sell, uh, and Jason Keyes will be there. Uh, It'll be a really fucking great show, so come check that out. Also, I I never plug my Twitter, so I'll do that. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at ApparentlyBrian, all one word. Before we go, happy holidays. Yeah, enjoy whatever holidays you... Or if you don't celebrate any holidays, just Just getting drunk without any reason to do (laughs) so. I hope you make it through. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is also our last episode of 2016. Um, What a year. Yep. And it's not dead yet. We have a montage. Everyone else is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I feel like... Jata Gabor died a few days ago, and I feel like 2016 as a year is just like running out of good celebrities to kill, yeah. basically. Next is David Spade, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do not say that. Brian <laughs> Brian convulsed a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I just went to check Twitter to make sure David Spade was still alive. Yeah. Google, Google David Spade death hoax, please. Yeah. please. <laughs> Oddly enough, he just tweeted, still alive, bitches. <laughs> Two, three followers. Yes, yes. All of them Brian's three Twitter accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Brian and definitely not a racist and definitely not a racist 69. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, definitely not a racist 420. Yeah. Uh, but i think that'll do it for this episode uh for everyone here at the revisionists i'm brian flynn i am zach powers have a good time have a good time (laughs)